Welcome to The Gateway, your compass through the magical waters of spirit communication broadcast live from United Public Radio Network 107.7 FM, New Orleans. I'm your host, C.L. Thomas. And I tell you what, this week's been quite the week. We've had a lot of rain and I feel like I need someone to build me an ark just to drive down the road. It's crazy. It never rains here. So after a week of rain, we have a lot of rain sitting around. In a world where darkness may sometimes seem overwhelming, there are those who shine with an inner light, guiding others toward love, healing, and hope. Tonight, my guest, Jody Din from Survivor Angels, an angel light worker and intuitive empath, will take us on an exploration into not only the realms of light workers and angels, where miracles abound and divine intervention is ever present. Jody, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have you on. There's so much to discuss, and I definitely want to share just a little bit of my own story somewhere in here to get your thoughts on it. But first, please tell me what led you down the angel path. Well, the the first time I ever had an angel experience, I was only three years old. And of course, at the time, I didn't realize it. Um, But I did not too many years after that. And the angels have been with me as they are with everybody all my life. It's just a matter of being open to them and recognizing them. So as time went on, I knew they were always there. And um, eventually I realized I was supposed to be a pastor. So I went to seminary. I have a master of divinity degree. I'm an ordained pastor. And I also served as an army chaplain. And of course, when I initially heard my calling, women weren't even allowed to be ordained at that point. So I just kind of poo-pooed it all, but the angels kept telling me, no, 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 that's what you're supposed to do, what you're supposed to do, until finally it was, I kind of gave in and said, okay, you twisted my arm long enough. Well, the whole piece with Survivor Angels then came about not too long ago. I don't even really kind of remember when. But it was in response to listening to so many people say, I have anxiety, I have depression, I struggle with life, I've been through traumatic experiences, and I'm sitting there thinking, where were your angels this whole time? Why weren't you listening to them? And I realized people didn't know they were there. They didn't know anything about them. They didn't know how they were bringing them messages because that's all an angel's job is, is to bring you messages, to carry them back and forth. And so the the light bulb went on. It's time to start Survivor Angels. And I've been through enough trauma in my life that I completely understood where they were coming from, been there, done that. And so Survivor Angels was born and it's now a podcast and a blog and live events books, you name it. And so here you and I sit tonight. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's interesting you said that about depression and and everything and that people don't know that their angels are there. I'll tell you shortly what happened to me just a few years ago. I went through a really dark phase in my life. Um, I was living in Nashville and I was uh, very depressed and just didn't know which direction to go. And I felt like I needed help. And so I didn't know at the time that I always thought that, you know, to call on angels, because 
the Archangel Michael kept coming into mind. And there was somebody else that I was talking to a lot that kept mentioning this particular angel. And I always thought, I think one of the things that people go through is that how dare I as a mortal human attempt to get help from an angel? That was my whole thing. Like I felt too low and, and all of that. So there's that side of it. And then the second side, well, that was my personal story, but then in the paranormal world, I hear a lot of people say that, oh, well, that's too religious for me. I can't acknowledge, don't acknowledge demons, but not angels. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's the myth that's out there. Angels are non-religious energies. They're in all of the cultures. They're in all world religions, all the way back to ancient times, as far back as we can possibly imagine, uh, even to before they could even write things down, even with the little hieroglyphic pictures and everything. And then they say, well, but I believe in demons. Demons are fallen angels. <laughs> it's so bizarre, right? <laughs> I get that all the time in the paranormal world, though, that it's I can't do that. It's too Catholic. It's too religious. It's too whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's it's very simple. And and when you start studying the other cultures and the other religions, you find out that there is this common thread that runs through all of them, and it's angels. And it's just because they are just messengers. They're not trying to convert you into any religion. No, you know, no political agendas, nothing. They are just there to carry messages to you. Some people call it their intuition. I call it angels. It's that gut feeling. It's that message that's coming through that's telling you do this and don't do that. And I mean, there are stories by the by the millions out there of mm -hmm. how angels have saved people, gotten them turned around in life got them on what their life's purpose is. It's amazing. And that's the part I love most about doing this is actually talking to people one-on-one -on -one and hearing their stories. Because every time I think I've heard them all, nope, there's another one that's even better. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's strange what happened to me because this Archangel Michael, um, he would show up everywhere. I remember the room would get really hot and just different things that would happen like um the number 44 kept showing up for the longest time like it would be on my grocery receipts it would be on license plates just everywhere i looked that number was there and it was um and it, it's i know there's a lot of skeptics out there probably going oh it's just 44 of course it's a common number right but i asked for a specific sign in a specific time period i asked for that number i, I think it was six different times in 24 hours. Right. And sure enough, it showed. And then on top of that, um, I, you know, I thought I was going crazy. I went on this ghost hunt with a big group of people. And I said, you know what, if you're really there and interacting in my life, I want you to speak through the spirit box, you know, that spirit box that they all use. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, angel came out like, you know, how the ghost investigators will always say, who's there? What's your name? It said angel. Right on several different times at night. So I've, I've had that happen on some investigations too, where I'm not even asking and nobody else is asking either. And it will say angel. And so people then of course look at me and <laughs> they're like, what? And I say, 
there there's an angel present or may, maybe many angels and they're just letting us know that they're there for those of you who don't realize that they're there. I always call in the angels before I go on any paranormal investigation and just say, you know, make sure that you protect me mentally and emotionally. Um, I don't worry so much physically. Um, I, pro I probably should, but I haven't had to at this point. Um, but I always call them in just to put that sort of shield of protection up because there could be the demons there, the fallen angels. Um, you just, you don't know what you're going to get on an investigation. So one of our listeners says, I did a ritual to summon Archangel Raphael a few years ago and white feathers started appearing in my room out of nowhere. I don't know if it's an angel or not. Any thoughts? Um, it, it, without knowing everything, but if they were summoning Raphael, I would say it, it probably was. Uh, Raphael is, is the healing angel. Um, if there were any shades of green that were appearing at the same time, that's Raphael's aura color. Uh, Raphael is also associated with, uh, I have to stop and think real quick, Raphael is water. Air. No, Raphael is air. I always get Raphael and Gabriel mixed up. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but I do. Yes. So, um, yeah. So Raphael would be the air element and everything. So you have to kind of start putting all these different things together of what's going on around you. Um, and, and that's how you know for sure if it is an angel coming through. Um, the color green for the aura could come through in so many different ways. Um, I know I just, I had a message from a person just yesterday. And she said, when I was a child, she said, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was this bright green light in my bedroom and I didn't know what it was. And she said, my sister who was older than me was awake and said, you know, well, what are you doing? And she's like, well, don't you see the green light? And she didn't see it, which that's not uncommon because they're they're only going to appear to those who are open to them or who the message is meant for at that point in time. And so, you know, she asked me what that meant. And I said, if you are maybe having trouble sleeping, maybe you were in the middle of a dream or even a nightmare. That was Raphael that was there to comfort and sue you. And you knew it was Raphael by the by the bright green light. I've had angels come as sparkles, as sweeps of light. Um, like you said, through numbers, a lot of times you can piece it together through the different numbers. Just depends. That gets really complicated, though, um, when you start trying to piece all that together. Mm. Not that that isn't a good way to do it. It's just you need to look at a whole lot of different things. But that could very well have been an angel. I never poo-poo it until something else pops in to tell me that, no, it wasn't an angel. Because our angels are always present with us, 24-7, 365. They've been here since our soul was created, which is like all the way back. What exactly is an angel? I know this might be a silly question, but... Oh. If we're not discussing it in religious terms, what exactly is an angel? An angel is nothing more than energy, just like we are energy. The pictures of angels with wings and halos, <laughs> that's not an... <laughs> That's an artist's depiction of what they believe an angel looks like. If you start going by some of the ancient 
texts and scriptures, you actually find out they're quite ugly and quite scary. If you were to actually see an angel manifest in the way some of those writings describe them, um, it would be. Now, I'm just I'm just going to go from the Christian thread here, but if it was the seraphim, the seraphim have four faces. Let's see if I can get them right. The human, the lion, the ox, and the eagle. That's what will appear and then with multiple wings, not just two wings. Those cute little cherubs <laughs> that we see like on Valentine's Day, Cupid, that's part of a Greek myth about the love god arrows and it's it's really it's it's a whole long story is what it is i'm not going to go into that now because <laughs> that brings up all kinds of other questions but it it's a love story um and again it was just artists that started going well let's just go cupid with the bow and arrow is the one that did this it's it's a myth that is all a myth angels are the opposite of what they think they are I say angels are light and love, but they don't look like light and love. They look like monsters, basically. The fallen angels are the bright, pretty, fancy ones. And that's why you've got to be careful for them, because they can suck you in in a heartbeat because you go, oh, pretty. You know, it's it's like somebody offering a child a piece of candy. Oh, candy. That was just the opposite. That's it's what. Go ahead. Is those, um, you know, when you, the paranormal investigators, they always get the sounds of little kids. Are those actually demons or are they real little kids, in your opinion? So this is the way I see it. And it doesn't mean that I'm 100% right, because as you know, all of the paranormal and supernatural is very subjective. Yeah. None of us know for sure. So the way I see it is spirits are deceased of course and the angels talk through them is what they do so the angels are manifesting through spirits because that's who's familiar to us is beings who have passed on or maybe they haven't crossed over just you know every situation is different because and i've been told this by several different you know people um i was you know by a shaman and um, a couple of other people, too, that spirits aren't able to talk themselves. And that's why I believe that it's actually the angels that will speak because they're the messengers. But they use the spirits sort of as the vessel, if you will. And they come through that way. So like this is a little bit going down a little bit different path here. But so when someone says, well, my grandma brought this brought me this message. It probably was your grandma that you saw or believe that you saw, but it was an angel that was bringing you a message, not your grandma. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So do yeah. you think, um, you know, when you were saying that the fallen angels are really pretty and, and you know, they try to, um, what's the word? They try to make you feel like that you can trust them or whatever. Um, do you think that these voices that we catch EVPs and such from little kids 
could be demons and not just that cute little kid. They could be. Absolutely, they could be. I can't rule it out. Um, and there again, that's why I say all of this is not easy to figure out. And and so some people will say, well, you're so sure about this and you're so sure about that. I'm not because you just don't know. And just like our universe is complicated, the supernatural and paranormal is equally as complicated because it's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. I was in Panama just a few months ago and visited an indigenous village there and was able to talk to their tribal leader. I had to use an interpreter, of course. Um, but my first question to him is, do you have angels in your culture? And he just lit up like, wow. And then the interpreter, the translator even said, never had this question before. And he went on on this whole long explanation about who they see angels as being. And of course, the interpreter came back with everything. This is going to be one of my podcasts in the not too distant future. I just I'm pulling together some other pieces for it. Um, but they see angels completely intertwined with nature which again, just validates that everything is connected. Our energy, angel energy, any paranormal energy, nature, everything. We are all basically one energy with different sort of offshoots. We come out of that one piece of energy in different ways. That's interesting. That's where I'm at with this. <laughs> when you said that, comes out, I'm going to listen in on that. Um, what about the, is it called the Nephilim? Is that an angel? Oh, the Nephilim. I always get them all confused. There's so many of them. <laughs> yes. The Nephilim, the jury is out on them also. They come from a section of the old Hebrew texts called the Apocrypha, which was taken out of both the Hebrew and the Christian books. Um, the Nephilim are in three of those Hebrew texts called the books of Enoch, and there's three of them. And basically what it said in those books is that they were angels that were here and mated with humans. And they're giants. Okay. The reason that the books were pulled out is because the Jewish religion believed that those books were just mysticism. Now, if they were to go back and look at those right now, knowing everything that we know today about the supernatural and the paranormal, my question would be, should we put those books back in? So do the Nephilim really have a place? Were they for real? Just as much as fallen angels are, as much as the light and love angels are here. What do you think? They are considered fallen angels because they mated with humans. There is another side of scholars that will say, it's not possible for angels to mate with humans. It's interesting. You know, another, another avenue that I am pursuing, trying to get answers. Um, there a little are, more definitive as much as we can know. They have found giants all over the world. Yeah. But here in Nevada, or Nevada is how they say it here, 
I, I keep having to remind myself it's Nevada, not Nevada. I'm used to Nevada. Um, they found a um, there's a cave here in out in the middle of nowhere, and it was full of giants. And there's an old Native American tale that these giants were eating their tribe members. Um, and so they, I think the story goes, they asked them to, to please not eat, you know, our humankind anymore. And the giants, they wouldn't do it. And so there was a battle that ensued and they ended up, um, I think they trapped the giants in the cave and that's how they ended up dying in the cave. Mm-hmm. But um, this was always a myth or, you know, like a folklore thing in Nevada, in Northern Nevada. And they've actually found the uh, remains. Right. Yep. So do you think that could have been angels? I, yes, because, because that's another piece of the Nephilim is that they, because they mated with humans, they became human. And then the, I've heard this piece too about them eating, <laughs> you know, other ones. Um, and then all you have to do for anybody who does know scripture is you go to the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a giant. So there's there's a crossover there in religious texts that sort of validates the Nephilim. And yet they took those three books out and say that it's just a bunch of hogwash. Yeah, they definitely need to put them back. <laughs> yeah, this is what I love about this because <laughs> you just keep learning more and more and you just keep trying to fit more and more of the pieces together. Not that we're ever going to have a full picture, but it's just like a little more here and a little more mm-hmm. there. And, and like see- everyone says, quite rightly so, the veil is getting thinner the veil is truly getting thinner. It is. You're right. Especially with social media now and how quickly information is transferred and how people are starting to look outside of their, um, I don't want to say dogma, but their, their religious teachings, you're able to actually look at other religions and what they believe and, and see that they're all almost the same story-wise. You know, they all have like a Messiah and, they all end the same way with some kind of resurrection and happy ending and, you know, the whole deal. Right. In- and they all have angels. That yes. is for sure a common thread <laughs> that we've through, like I said, not just religions, but cultures when, who had no religions. You know, they were pagan or whatever the case might be. But the angels are still there. And I believe it's because of the peace that they're messengers, that that is their sole purpose. And there's something in those messages that one day we're all going to get the message. So you were three years old when you first recognized that experienced an angel. I was about two or three, too, when I first um, experienced paranormal. But how did you make that connection at such a young age that this is an angel? Right. Um with the help of my mom, who is 95, she is still here. She is sharp as can be. And so as I started thinking about all these things in my life, where I know for sure that it was angels present, 
um, I started asking her. And what it was is it was a Sunday school Christmas program. And here I am, three years old, and she, she stuck me out front to sing the final verse of Away in a Manger in the Christmas program. My voice then and now is, you, you don't want me to sing solo. Let's just put it that way. I can <laughs> sing. I can, I can keep a melody, but I am not a solo singer. But as my mom said, my voice came through at just shy of three years old, like an angelic voice. And yet still a child's voice. She'd never heard that voice out of me when we were practicing. And she would make me sing all the time because when I first started to talk, I stuttered. Well, one way to get somebody past stuttering is to have them sing because you can't stutter if you're singing. It's almost impossible. She never heard that voice until in that program. And when I started asking, she said, that was an angel coming through you. And she said it was as pure and angelic as it could possibly be. And she said she has never heard the church so still. She didn't say quiet. She said still. She said it was just like everybody was gathered in, in that moment, into that verse of that song. So this it, angel it was chills. It, it was really does. So it was an angel channeling through you. My my guardian angel, I used to call her Bridget. I have since learned because she's been talking to me, and um, and I say she because when when she comes, I see her as a female. Angels are genderless, but she comes through as a female. Um, the way I found out her name, I thought was Bridget, was because I kept hearing bridge, bridge. I thought it meant that it was, my work was to be the bridge between the two worlds. That's what I thought. Um, but then I'm going about my business here with Survivor Angels calling her Bridget all the time. And she's coming through, she's still going bridge, bridge. And it's like, your name is just bridge. And I got an affirmative from her. And it's like, okay. Sorry, my apologies. I'll get it right. But it was interesting. Um, it was confirmed to me who she is, that she's with me. We were um, investigating at the Bell Mansion here in January. And a psychic medium who was there with us, she walked over to me and she said, you have this beautiful lady over your right shoulder. She has beautiful red hair and she's wearing a blue dress. That I knew by her description was the guardian angel as she has always presented herself to me. So I have to believe that Bridges is the one who channels for me. So that's a really interesting name too, because of the connection of bridging the two worlds. Right? I, I've actually heard another medium say that um, he had a dream about, being on a bridge with a bunch of people underneath the bridge. And um, I think he was having a hard time in his life or something at that time. He was at kind of like a, one of the crossroads, like I was at a couple years ago. And he said that 
um, in this particular dream or vision, I call it a vision. He said that um, his whole purpose in life was to help the people that were under the bridge. Okay. So, but I couldn't, you know, I didn't really understand what that meant until what you just said now. He's a medium. So he's, he's crossing people or he's connecting the two worlds. And that's similar to what you do. Exactly. Right. Um, another time we were investigating at Joliet State Prison and one of my daughters and her husband were there with us and we were coming out of one of the cell blocks. And and she said to me, we need to go back in because was her husband said he had some spirits that desperately wanted to cross over and he wasn't able to help them. And both he and her are very strong paranormal wise. Um, if you ask me if they're psychic mediums, they will kind of poo poo it. I think that they both are. Um, and so we went back in and we joined hands and silence. Sometimes when I help to cross people over, I speak, but in this case, we knew it was to be silent. And all of a sudden for me, I saw everything, just this bright light consume the three of us. And I just held that because for me, that was the portal opening for them. And then when we got outside, then I asked them, I said, what did you see? And they said, we saw them, each of them go through the portal. I didn't see them go, but I held the portal because that's what I saw was the portal. And so I held that open and they then sent them through. Wow. It's cool when it happens. So are, is everybody assigned um, like a guardian angel? Yes. Sometimes even more than one. It just, it depends. And sometimes they will swap out. And that's the only thing I can think of with that is because since our souls keep um, revisiting here, until we get our, our soul contracts right. And then we finally, you know, don't need to come back. Um, I have to believe that our guardian angels swap out because maybe the next time that we come or maybe three, four times down the line, we need a different kind of help from them. And so they, they'll go, okay, you know, like a relay, it's your turn um, and, and do that. So, one for sure, but I think that as we go through our soul life, if you will, uh, that we can we can have more than one. Mm -hmm. Are all spirit guides angels? I believe that there's a difference between spirit guides and angels. Um, I'm not quite sure how to describe this because I'm so entrenched with my angels. <laughs> Um, a good person to talk to about that. And if you haven't had her on, on your podcast, you need to get her on is Sarah Lemos because she can talk spirit guides forever. And she knows them so well. I highly recommend Sarah. Um, I believe that they're different and I, Sarah would tell you the same thing. So I, I I'm just going to leave it at that because I just, she, she's the expert. <laughs> that's that's kind of not expert. my real help. Yeah. 
So what is Survival Angels? This is an organization that you've created through your experiences, right? Repeat, you cut out a little bit. What is Survival Angels? Survivor Angels Angels is an approach that I coined to help people who struggle with life or have had traumatic situations to show them how when they call on the angels, they can help them to move into a better place. It is not a substitute for professional therapy. I am a life coach. I'm an intuitive empath. I am a shadow healer and and a light worker, but I am not a professional therapist. So I make that very clear right up front. What, What the angels can do is they can bring those messages that if you are feeling really anxious in a situation, if you open yourself up, they will help to calm you. If you're depressed, they will come to you and suggest maybe an activity to sort of move you out of the deep depression in that moment. Angels cannot heal you. They cannot cure you of anything. Only you can heal yourself or with the help of a professional, you can be healed. However, the angels are always present. They're there to comfort you and support you and bring you those messages that you need. Um, You have to watch for the fallen angels, especially if you are depressed because you you're open to anything when you're depressed and you are enveloped in darkness and if you've had you know a bit of that that dark in your life you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah and and you start grasping at anything that comes at you and so that's where I tell people you have to listen very closely to that message if it's not positive it's a fallen angel. If it's coming through as, as something that's very dark and negative, that is a fallen angel and literally run from it. Do not go there. But if it's something that is light filled and loving and positive and something that's going to bring your energy and, and frequencies up, then you're talking to an angel that's filled with light and love. And that I always say, that's the one on your right shoulder and the darkness ones on your left shoulder and that's how so many again of the texts will tell you too that the good is on the right and the bad (laughs) is on the left it is so important to have that discernment too because i feel like when you're in that dark place um for some reason that the demonic side and dark and darkness and negativity just really gets drawn to you it does um angels come through um audibly for me, um, only once did I ever hear them say my name, but um, I will get ringing in my ears. That's one thing that I get. The ringing in my right ear tells me that's the message I need to listen to. For some reason lately, I've been getting a lot in my left ear, but I have a lot going on in my life right now. Um, and and they're, tr- they're trying to get to me. Um, I've had, I had a lot of people, you know, trying to push a lot of positivity my way because for some reason I am under attack right now. And I believe it's because Survivor Angels is starting to reach so many people, which is, is what it's all about. Um, I have never been in Survivor Angels to make money. It is just 
is just to get people the help that they need, you know, because people in the mental health field, there aren't enough professionals out there. Mm -hmm. And so to get an appointment with somebody is almost impossible. And depending yeah. on what area of the country and the world you're in, it is very, very almost impossible to, to do. And so to bring in the angels, so at least for a moment, they've got something to hang on to, something that will give them hope. That is what Survivor Angels is all is all about. And so I'm just, you know, I wake up some mornings and I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> and then because the first thing I always do is talk to my angels. The first thing they do is they go wipe up against the side of my head and go, you've got a mission. Get out there and get busy. <laughs> Well, I think too, though, um, because you are a light worker and creating the angel survivors to help other people, you would be under attack because if you think about um, in terms, if you think about the spirit world in terms of an actual war, who are they going to take down? Those who have influence for the greater good. So right. it only would make sense That's that um, the light workers would naturally be kind of attacked in some way. Right. And, and I know that I'm specifically an angel light worker and a shadow healer because of my intuitive empath side. Well, that's both of them. The shadow healer, you know, delves deep into the dark where the angel light worker is all out in the light. And so there is a major war going on within me with what I do, because in order to help those I don't call anybody a victim. Everybody is a survivor. You're only a victim in the moment where the traumatic event or situation is happening. After that, you've survived. It still might not be pretty, but you've survived. Well, I still have to get into that deep darkness because mentally they're still sitting in there and we need to bring them up out of it. And that's with the angels. So you're, in a sense, trying to wake them up. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like um, in mediumship, too, in the spirit world. It's kind of the idea when you see a spirit that I don't want to say stuck because you're never stuck in a place. I don't believe spirits get stuck anywhere, but I think they get kind of lost in right. kind of their own stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. I feel like um, when you're trying to help a spirit cross over you're in essence trying to wake them up. Is that mm -hmm. kind of the idea? Yes, it, it, it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, think about ourselves when um, life is just going on day after day, same thing, same thing. And you kind of get stuck in a rut. And it's, it's the same thing. You're, you're, you're just in this rut. You're kind you know, I, I, because I, I'm in Minnesota and I grew up in with winter and snow and everything, you know, <laughs> your, your tires spin and you, you, you dig the rut and it's just, you, the car's just rocking. You're trying to get out of it. It's kind of the same thing. You just need that push that finally, you know, frees you. And then it's like, okay, there we go. Let's move on. What are some of the transformations that you have seen in people's personal lives who've come to you for help? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, hmm. Have to stop and think. Okay. This, this, 
this is a, a little of an offshoot, but but I just want to bring this in so people know how the angels work. When I went to Ireland a couple of years ago, I, I went on a mission. My husband and I had been there back in 2000. And then we went with a paranormal group in 2022. My mission was to find my Celtic angel. I knew I had a Celtic angel. And they call it Anamkara, which means soul friend. I had no idea what that meant. What did that look like? Is it going to be someone who manifests as an angel? Is it going to be an actual person? Is it going to be just a feeling that I get when I get there? I'm going in blind. I don't know anything except this is what I wanted to do. And so it was two days before our trip ended. And I'm walking with our bus driver. We had just come from one of the ancient sites, Druid site. And we were just, we were walking on the path and we were just talking. And he was telling me his life story. And the more he told me, the more it was like we became one. And in that moment, I knew that was my Celtic angel. I didn't say anything. So the next night we had our final dinner and we we're kind of going around the room and people were, you know, telling about what was your most memorable moment. So I said, you know, my mission was to find my Celtic angel coming to Ireland, blah, 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 all of this. And I said, I found him. And of course, everybody's like, well, what, who, how does, how does that work? And I said, well, he's standing right over there. And I pointed at our bus driver. <laughs> I don't know who was more surprised everybody in the room or him. <laughs> but we, we got done and I went over to him and he said, I thought I was the only one that felt it. I said, no, I said, I felt it too. And so if, if people want to go back, they can watch my podcast. It's called My Celtic Angel. And and it's it's a whole podcast with just him and I. They they can see that, but that's how these transforming pieces happen is when you least expect them. So mm. as far as as an example, because there, there's <sighs> because I hesitate to talk about people who I've actually helped because it's kind of a privacy thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Just to, I'm going to retell a story. And this again is on one of my podcasts. And if you go back and look at the one that talks about childhood trauma, that's where this where this one is. Very dear friend of mine told me her story growing up. And I can tell this because she has told it on the podcast. Um, her parents were drug users. She grew up in California. And as she said, her parents never should have had children. And I believe she has two siblings. So there were three of them. But she would watch her mom walk out the house and go down the street to the store. She would watch her out the window. And she said this one day, it was up on the second floor of a building. And she said this one day when she left, she said there was like this confetti falling out of the sky. And she was just a child. And course didn't have screens on the windows then and so she was trying to reach out and grab the confetti as it's falling and as she said mm. she could feel a force and energy trying to pull her out of the window 
At the same time, she felt another energy holding her in, keeping her inside of the building so she wouldn't fall. Well, somebody saw this and called the police and said, there's a child that's about to fall out of a window. And so the police came and she was still in this tug of war. And of course, then they took her back inside and she was safe. And she will claim to this day that that was an angel, probably a demon, trying to pull her out with a light and love angel that was holding her fast inside of the building. And she has believed in angels ever since then. She is a psychic medium. She is probably the most sensitive psychic medium I have ever been around. I've been on several investigations with her. And so it's it's that sort of thing about how angels transform lives. Um, I've talked with people um, near-death experiences and to listen to them is, it's mind-blowing. And you know when they say, an angel took me here and brought me back, you know, they told me this, they told me that, you know it's real. Mm-hmm. Because you can't make that stuff up. You just, <laughs> you just, you know, especially for all the stories that I've heard, you know, or how they say that, um, one person, again, another podcast, um, she was walking home or from school. I don't I'm, I don't quite remember. And she said, all of a sudden, all these teenage boys surrounded her. And she was terrified because she knew that this wasn't going to end well. And all of a sudden, this man appears out of nowhere. She was walking through a railroad yard. And, of course, the boys took off because he said, get out of here. And, you know, so she watched the boys run off. She turned around. He was gone. And she walked around, you know, the rail yard. Never, never could find him. She knows it was an angel that saved her from those boys. And she said, I will believe in angels until the day I die and beyond. You hear so many stories like that. So many stories. I mean, how could it not be real when you hear when so many people have the same stories? Right. And I know some people say to me, um, like people who even who read my first book, my second one is due out here shortly. Um, they said after reading the book, all of a sudden I'm thinking about all the things in my life where now it had to be angel intervention. It had to be angels that kept me from doing that or got me to do that, mm-hmm. whatever the situation might be. And I mean, for me personally, I know the angels have saved my rear end countless times in my life. In fact, um, there was even one time that I should not be sitting here right now. But thanks to angels and because I listened to them, there, trust me, there's been times when I haven't listened to them <laughs> and I've paid consequences for it. But this time, thank God I did or I... I wouldn't be here today and my children wouldn't be here or anything. So I just, I I can't negate angels. Well, that said, I do have to ask this because I have to, you know, I got to throw this part out there too. Um, A lot of people will set up altars and almost like worship angels. We're not supposed to do that. Are we? No, there's, there's no reason to Um, angels are not there to be worshiped. Uh, and and what I always tell people, too, is they'll say, well, I don't believe in angels. And I said, you don't have to believe in them. They believe in you. And that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, 
worship them, don't worship them. None of that is, is necessary at all. You just be open. You know, you might hear something, you might see something, you might know something, you know, people know about the four Claire's, you know, audience sentient, mm -hmm. uh, clairvoyant and claircognizant and everything. They're coming through to you in all four. Some of yours are going to be stronger than others. I've got my four pretty fine tuned to balance right now. Otherwise, clairsentient and claircognizant were my two strongest ones, but I've really been working on them. Um. Yeah, just pay attention because they're there for you. And just say thank you. That's all you have to do. Are we no. supposed to thank them somehow, you know? Yeah, just a simple thank you. You know, that's, they, they're just energy with no agenda except to bring you messages. So they're, it's not like they're narcissistic and they're going, well, hey, come on, come on, where's my thank you? You know, it's, it's not like that. And that brings up an interesting point too. They really don't seem to have that unless the fallen angels do though, right? They kind oh, they of have do. that. Yeah. They are hmm. very narcissistic. The corrupted ones. The corrupted ones. Right. Yep arrogant and narcissistic and it's all about them and if they can flip somebody to the dark side it's like yeah did it <laughs> i did it mm -hmm. oh, wow can you believe we're almost at the bottom of the hour already i have to ask wow. you about angel trip in your book what is that about and where can people purchase that all right. Well, they could get it. They can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I mean, just, you know, Google Angel Trip, and it's also available in 14 countries, which is really nice in both on an ebook or in print. So whichever way you prefer. Um, angel Trippin is about traveling with your angels, because my husband and I travel a lot. And I've traveled a lot since I was very young. My parents were travelers, which I'm so appreciative of. And so it's how as you're getting ready to travel, as you're making all of your plans, then depending on what mode of travel you're going on, how the angels will come in in different ways. When you're on vacation, um, foods that you will eat, smells that you will, you know, encounter, all these different things. And it, it's as, as you apply it to traveling, whether you travel or not, it's going to show you how just in your ordinary everyday life, the angels are there. And how you can be noticing them and be aware of them and therefore start opening yourself up to, you know, receive the messages. So the travel piece, and that's where the tripping comes in, is just sort of um, a venue, if you will, to highlight how the angels work in our lives. And there's tons of stories and tips and all of that. What is the most profound place you've been to? Oh, hands down, <laughs> Left Castle in Ireland. Oh You're my gosh. Like the person has mentioned that place to me this week. Everybody should put it on their bucket list if they want to experience the paranormal. Um, my husband and I went there on our honeymoon back in 2000, and we actually met Sean Ryan for the first time. He gave us a private tour because we were staying at Kennedy Castle, which was just down, down the road a piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't have anything happen, except we had some kind of odd feelings. It was daytime. That doesn't mean anything can't happen. Of course, it has a very dark history, a very dark past. 
Well, when we went two years ago, um, a murdered priest came through a channeler because the demonic presence that is in there, the murderer that is part of Lep Castle, was trying to overtake me. And it was very clear, all the directions from the channeler and everything, the woman with the white scarf, I was the only one with a white scarf and everything. Um, because an incident had happened the week before to a gentleman, the paranormal team from Ireland that we were with, they pulled me out right away because they started recognizing similar signs. And it was a good thing because I'm an ordained pastor. The week before, it was a gentleman who was a minister. The demon actually got a hold of him and pulled his arms straight above his head and lifted him off the ground. He was levitating off the ground and was in severe pain. They thought they were going to have to call an ambulance until they could finally break him out of it. And so they recognized that what had happened to him was starting to happen to me. And so they pulled me out ahead of time. And thankfully, then that did not happen to me. But we were, I have, what, at least 14 witnesses that saw this, one of them being Dave Schrader, because Dave <laughs> Schrader was the ambassador on this trip. And Dave, Dave will vouch for it, hands down. In fact, I had to help have Dave help me to clear it out afterwards, because I didn't want to take anything out with me. Wow. So Web Castle. Have you been to Huska by any chance? Huska Castle? No, I have not. No. Put, put that on your bucket list. Um, okay. I went there with Dave Schrader and um, my friend just messaged me. She's listening to the show and she asked me to ask you this. And it's because I've had a really profound um, experience at Huska Castle. And so did a couple of other people who was on that trip. And it's been in my dreams and everything this place oh, like wow. i feel like compelled to go back and and spend a night there it's that bad maybe we'll have to go together <laughs> yeah we should definitely go it's um it, it's the only castle in the world that's built to keep um something in versus something out interesting so, yeah okay it's, it's really interesting but okay we're out of time and i'll get in trouble if we go over so <laughs> i could talk to you all night um right where can people this sign up fun. for your classes and where can they find you? Um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. It's always Survivor Angels, Chaplain Jody. Um, my classes are on Teachable. I put them up one at a time. I believe right now I've got the basic angel class up there. Um, I'll probably swap that out you know, maybe first part of the summer or so. I just like to have people have enough time to, to go in and, and take them and everything. And of course, the podcast is, you know, video wise, YouTube and Spotify video. And then every other place that podcasts are on. Well, Jody, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you having, um, having to met you this first time I've met you and you just seem like a lovely person. We definitely need to go investigating or something in the future. I would, I would love to do that with you. And thank you so much for having me on and let me talk about my favorite subject. <laughs> this could totally go on for two hours. <laughs> I'll have you back to talk about your second book that's coming out. Sounds good. All right. 
You've been listening to The Gateway, your portal to the unexplained and mystical and otherworldly broadcast live from United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Find me online at CL Thomas on social media to find out the latest in books and artwork created by me, your host, at www.clthomas.org. Until next time. I don't know why it hasn't ended yet, but it's supposed to. <laughs> hmm. Tell more stories. You could. I know we're over. It's 7.05. So. I don't know if they're not paying attention. I guess you could tell another story. <laughs> okay. Um, but you're really interesting one when I, when I was in high school. Um, I was a hockey cheerleader, and it was back when they just kind of started having cheerleaders for hockey. If you need to cut me off, let me know, and we'll save it for another time. Um, we were way up in northern Minnesota for the game, and we were driving back, and there was an ice storm, and the roads became glare ice. And so the bus driver finally just pulled the bus over because he didn't want to chance it anymore because at that point it was just, you know, cheerleaders and players that went to the games along with the coaches. Um and so one of one of our captains said, how about if a couple of us put on our skates and we skate to the next town? Because this is pre-cell phone. This is even pre-computer days. <laughs> I'm really dating myself. And the coach is like, mm. I mean, there was it, there didn't appear to be any traffic on on the freeways. And he said, okay, but guys, be careful. And it was funny because one of the guys that went with said, not to worry, we've always got angels with us. And sure enough, they skated to the next town, which thankfully was just a couple miles away. And they came back. And what they had done is they called one set of parents who said, started the phone tree then to let all the other parents know what had happened and why we're not back at the school yet for them to you know, pick us up or anything. Um, and as they came back, it got tougher for them to skate on the road. So as they got back to the bus, they realized the temperature had warmed up enough that there we, we could drive on the road. The ice was melting. And it's just like the angels were a part of all of that. Skate, let the parents know, get back, and it's melting. And now you can go home. <laughs> we were all just like, yep, I think there were some angels involved here. <laughs> you know, I had a I have a really good friend whose brother died and um, the family was really distraught about it. And at their funeral, at her, at her brother's funeral, he was a military guy. Um, I think he was he was pretty well. Um, pretty well ranked if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. you know, he had that special funeral, um, military funeral and they had taken some photos of what was going on. I guess they had like the firing squad and all that kind of stuff there. Yep. And, um, in one of the photos you see this bright blue, um, orb. And, you know, as a photographer, I, I just, um, 
I don't go for the orb thing at all because it's always like refractions right. and, and lens refractions. That's why it's always round, that kind of thing. But this one, it had its own light. It was the brightest orb I've ever seen, and it was blue. And there's no way the lens could have refracted off of anything with this. And there's nothing around it or anything. And to this day, I I, I think it was Angel Michael. Yep, that would have been Michael. Mm -hmm. Which it makes sense. If he was military, you know, there are protectors. And makes perfect sense. Um, again, when we were in Ireland, one of the, one of the gals that we were with, she took a picture in a jail in Cork. Ireland. And my husband happened to be with, I stayed back that night um, and she showed him the picture and it was an orb, but it had a shape in it. When there's a shape in an orb, it's an angel. So, oh, because otherwise, and you probably know from being a photographer to get a shape into, and it'll be a geometric shape. Mm -hmm. And, and that was, but yeah, that sounds absolutely like it was, it was Michael. Absolutely. That is so cool. I know I did. Um, I officiated at a military funeral out at Fort Snelling here about six months ago. And um, I knew that that the, the person, the deceased, hadn't crossed over. And I looked at his mom sitting there and I said, you know, he's here with us right now. And she said, yes. She said, I, I know he's here. And I said, should we cross him over? And she said, yes, she said, let's cross him over. So that one I did verbally with the help of everybody who was there at the graveside service. Um, that's why I say sometimes I do them silently, sometimes I do them audibly. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really cool because a couple of people afterwards said we could feel him leave. And I'm just like, yes. And you can, you can, because I, I tried to cross um, two people over in a ghost town. It was a woman and a daughter. And I guess... From what I picked up being in his ghost town, the lady was, um, I guess her husband must have died somehow in a mining accident or something happened to okay. him. And um, she was stuck there. And the building that I picked her up in turns out to be an office, like a pay office. And I think she was trying to collect the money so that she can get on a train to get back to wherever, wherever it was that she had to take the, the girl. The girl was like maybe six to nine years old real little. Okay. And this was like a really remote ghost town. Um, really rough too. One of the rougher ones. And what I was picking up on was the company would not give her the money, basically, you know, the pay that was owed to them. Um, but for whatever reason, she was there and on the EVP, I caught help me. Um, a couple of times from the same voice after picking all this up. So I went back with a couple of friends and um, what I, when I try to cross people over, what I do is I call in Michael, Archangel Michael. So most of the time I do it silently because I, I believe that they can hear you um, anyway. But um, mm -hmm. I was trying to cross them over and um, I went back the third time after doing that and I got on uh, as an EVP, I got, thank you. Clear as day. Thank you. From a woman's voice, the same voice. Nice. So it was very surreal, you know, cause I didn't really think that you could actually cross people over, but you can. Right. And um, I usually use Azriel. The only thing you have to be careful when you use Azriel, because 
Azrael can go dark or light. They're what we call a dark angel where they sort of sit on the fence and depending which way they want to flop, they flop. And so when I use Azrael, I always say, and I do this with all my angels anyway, but for sure with Azrael, I say Azrael in light and love because I don't want Azrael heading for the dark with somebody. I want them to go to the light. But Azrael is the angel of death. Huh. You and know, it's to help cross. Yeah, it's to help cross over and it's to help. Um, Azrael also helps those who are left behind, too. I have a question, too, about that. Um, and then we can wrap this up. I think we're not actually live anymore on a radio show. I don't think so, anyway. <laughs> I think it's still going on the on the YouTube, though. Um, usually Joe pops back in here, but he didn't. So um, I had this dream and it was I have like really realistic um dreams all the time and most of the time when i have a dream like that it means something and so maybe about a year and a half ago i had this dream where um i know it was an angel that showed up in a dream and i saw a name that was in a stone i was like in an old building and it was a stone and it said a name and it's um it was adriel but it was spelled differently um it was no, it wasn't Azrael. It was Ariel. That's what it was. It was Ariel. Oh, Ariel. Yes. And um, I saw that name, and and the angel said, "That's your name." And I said, "No, that's that's not what I'm called. That's not my name." And they argued with me. Yes, that's your name. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. So that might have been your name in another soul life. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was totally weird, though. Yeah. Yeah. Ariel is spelled a couple of different ways, depending on um, what the source is, because um, Judaism spells it one way. Christianity spells it another way. Islam spells it another way. Yeah. So Ariel is one of those that has multiple spellings. Yeah, it was definitely spelled. I have it in my journal somewhere. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the Jewish spelling. Come to think okay. of it. Probably. That's the most I was common looking it up, one. and I'm like, okay, that's not the angel. It's not an angel. What? What did? What are they talking about? I know it means something, but I'm not sure. It's one of those hmm kind of things. Yes. <laughs> but <sighs> Jody, thank you so much. You're a lot of fun to talk to. Well, this this has been great. I have so enjoyed this myself. Yes. I'm definitely going to have you back on so we can talk more right. about I'll angels. Come on, Mike. And, and we'll we'll talk more stuff. Oh, I would love to. Okay, I would love to. And, and we'll, uh, go, we'll go castle investigating too. Yes, who's got castle? You should really come with me on that one. It's really that castle. It has a hold on me, and I'll tell you real quick what happened. So Dave Schrader and all them were on the second floor, and they were doing the table tipping thing. And they were getting the spear to table tip. And it was, it was spinning the table and all that stuff. But I was so distracted by another thing. I saw like a, um, he was a Nazi soldier. He was in full uniform, the green full uniform. He had the band on and everything. Um, and I don't even know where this comes from. Cause I don't know of any history of the Nazis being at this place, but he was screaming and yelling at this lady, this smaller woman with 
black hair and like she was basically against the wall while he was screaming at her. Um, very abusive, angry guy. And the whole time it was just like overtaking almost, you know, like I couldn't even focus on what was going on in the room because of this. Um, and as it, as that table was like spinning and stuff, that's the energy. I was feeling his energy, like just kind of whirling that angry energy. But I told somebody else I had to get out of that room. So we left and we went downstairs. Um, it's another medium friend of mine. We went down into the basement and this is where there's a, there's supposed to be a, um, like a shrine built for demons. And there's like demonic faces and stuff all in the walls um, everywhere. And it's because this castle was built to keep demons in because the villagers back in like the first century thought that um, the demons were coming up out of this water well and making them sick. And I guess they were dying. It wasn't plague. It was something else. Um, it was some illness that was killing them though. And lo and behold, we, we go down there and there's like this giant iron cross hanging from the ceiling upside down. It started to swing back and forth. And I'm not even talking a little bit. It was like, really we have it on video it was like really swinging back and forth wow and to this day it's like this place has like it's calling me it's in my dreams it's like everywhere okay. i can't oh get it out of my, yeah okay. exactly so i feel like i need to go back there and we're going to put some extra protection on you then too <laughs> i feel yeah. like i need to go confront it for whatever reason i don't know i don't know what right what the deal is okay yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> I know it sounds totally weird, but that's my no. experience at Huska Castle. Right? I believe anything is possible. And I just remember leaving and I looked at Maria and I said, the energy in that place is just totally disgusting. <laughs> and I want to go back. So I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Curious. Very curious. But there you go. <sighs> All right. This has been fun. <laughs> All right, Jody. I'm going to leave you to it. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good. <laughs>